every time I'm in, a, in an Ironman and I've been in an hour five of breaking and I thought to myself, well, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to sit down. I keep on thinking to myself, no, you've worked really hard. I start picturing the process, how much time I had put into this. And was I going to give up on the last hurdle? That wouldn't be fair to me or to my challenge. In Your Element is a show dedicated to helping you find your element. Every episode will be showcasing an idea, a story, or an interesting person who's living in their element with the hopes of helping you find your own. Being in your element can mean many things. To some, it's a state of peak flow where you perform at your best, are happy and content with life, and are doing interesting things which are worthwhile talking about. The idea is to uncover stories of people who are living in their element and share wisdom on what it takes for others to also help find their own. My guest today is Trevor Rocca. From Gibraltar, Trevor is a qualified personal trainer, wellness and performance coach who is no stranger to Enduring Challenge, having competed in Ironmans, CrossFit and even serving in the military. His holistic approach to wellness goes beyond just physical well-being and has helped countless clients regain lost health, optimize fitness and help them reach their unbounded potential. I know that because I am one of those clients and Trevor has helped play a crucial role in helping me regain and improve my own health. So Trevor, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. Very well, thank you for having me. How is your Sunday? Any plans for Valentine's Day? Uh, Not necessarily until tonight, I suppose. Probably dinner, some candles and maybe some chocolate. (laughs) Wow, you know, earlier today I was walking through Ealing Broadway and I saw so many people walking around with bouquets of flowers. It was it was really quite quite an amazing sight. Pretty funny too, actually. I, I suppose that's the expectation of every woman tonight, I suppose. <laughs> so I'm really excited to have you on the show. I think this is going to be an interesting opportunity to learn more about you and your story. I know we've been working together for some time now, actually a couple of a couple of months. But it's going to be great to actually get a picture that you'll be able to paint of your background and your story and really fill in those gaps that I haven't been aware of. And hopefully a lot of the listeners will be able to get a lot of benefit from too. So I'd love to start there. What is your story from your perspective? Well, I I, I was brought up in a very humble um, household, um, um, job school at the age of 15. And and I was lucky enough to to encounter or to meet people in my life which really guided me into the fitness. So with that in mind, I, I was looking for a career. And the army at the time seemed the most viable option in order without any qualifications or any academic capability. It was the rough and ready. Get in, sign, and you get shipped out to UK for a six to nine months training um, camp. And um, yeah, I thought that that gave me sort of the backbone of who I am now in terms of discipline, as you know, time is something which I stick to. It's very, very important in my life. Um, from there, I com- I sort of um, probably learned the, the, the ability of challenge, which is something, a skill that I think one needs to learn more than anything else, which is every time you reach a particular goal, if you reach that goal, move into the next goal and next challenge, because that's the form I was growing in. Um, after that, I was um, I was lucky enough that I passed my four years in the army um, without any sort of issues or or 
hardship sort of thing. Once I, I left it, I, I joined the ambulance service, um, spend four years with them too, did my training again in UK, another challenge in my life. By then I had been a parent, I was a parent, um, I had my son and then time soon after my daughter. Um, I think life has, has, has thrown curves at me, which has required me to step into the next stage of my life when it comes to challenges. And through all those careers I had before I started being a PT, I, before I became a PT, I, I sort of thrived in, in uncomfortable situations. And I saw along the way that people were also struggling with the same things I was struggling with. And through that, I, I, I think I developed a sort of an emotional intelligence to be able to help others. So since then, I've essentially focused myself completely and submerged myself in, in the, my own purpose, my own calling, which is helping others achieve their particular goals and to minimize struggle in their lives. Wow. That sounds really quite an interesting, quite an interesting story there. One, one of the things that I, I think is quite interesting is the role of mindset in uh, peak performance and success. Mm. And I'm curious what your take on that is. What does, what is the role of, of mindset, attitude and character in peak performance and success? And how do you use that in your life? Well, I suppose the role of a mindset will be um, structure more than anything else and routine. We, we keep on talking about um, uh, psychological issues and, and I don't believe that that's the case. I do believe that we have living issues. Like uh, Jordan Peterson says, I think, he mentions the fact that people lack structure in their lives and that's why they struggle so much. We, we as human beings are, are used to have a structure. We've been brought up in a structure. We eat, we have breakfast at one time, we have lunch at another. So that structure keeps us going. When it comes to performance, it's exactly the same. We need to allocate time to particular goals. And if you want to, for example, run 100 meters or 400 meters in X amount of time, there needs to be a structure of training plan. There needs to be a performance plan. I think that, that there needs to be targets that need to be met. And in order to be able to do that, you need to have consistency, focus and discipline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree on um, the idea that you need focus and discipline to achieve goals. And I think it's very, it's very interesting how you, you're alluding to the, the fact that a lot of the issues people are facing with mental, mental health and whatnot are attributed to a lack of that structure. And I think in today's day and age, that is a prominent issue in large part as well because of the kinds of information sources that we consume, you know, um, a lot of the time we are staring at phone screens, we are being bombarded with a lot of different kinds of bite-sized information, and we're losing the ability to kind of focus in on things that are important to us. We're having these different entities sucking our attention from all these different corners. And if that's constantly happened day to day, and your attention's just being pulled away to whatever looks interesting, then it's very difficult to develop that inner resolve that helps you stay on track, stay focused, stay disciplined, stick to the structure. So it's not really a surprise to me, at least, that we feel that the lack of that structure is leading to so many issues. That's 
quite quite interesting. Um, I'd love to hear now what is your take on this idea of structure and how you use that in your own coaching practice. How do you use structure to help people improve their life, health, and and fitness? Well, as firstly, I, I come from a, from a background like we we spoke of from a military background where time is of an essence. So therefore, I do start with one particular. The structure is applied on time on your day, and within that time, we we address certain goals, whether it's your diet, whether it's your sleep, or even your education. So, like I said earlier, the structure when it comes to healthy lifestyle for me is having the right diet at the right time, sleeping the adequate amount of time, which is very very important. The principles of life or at least of a healthy lifestyle, is exercise, um, um, diet, and sleep. But sleep is the fundamental bracket under both of them, which is very, very important. In order to be able to function properly in your day, there needs to be an element of rest. It's a, a big element of rest where you are completely satisfied with the hours you've slept. Um, with regards to what I do, as a performance coach, is I restructure an individual's life. It could be a CEO, it could be someone quite um, without a necessary career. It could be anyone that's sort of lost. So what I do is restructure their lives in, in a way where they are fundamentally hitting every target of those three elements on a daily basis for X amount of time. And then we go from there, whether it's through education, whether it's through career, and whether it's socially. There could be an individual that has all the elements of life fulfilled. However, he's lacking time with his family and time with his friends. So what we do is we create a balance. When we lack on one, we work on another. When we And that's the way we sort of curtail the, the whole program. Mm. And you know, one of the things you mentioned is really important is the idea of rest and in particular mm. sleep. That is a very interesting topic to me because I think with a lot of you know, type A personalities, they just want to keep go, go, going all the time. They want to hit their achievements, hit their goals. And for a lot of them, they know what it takes to employ grit, but you know, the idea of recovery is almost a novel concept. And I would be curious to know what is it that you try to do in your own life to employ and place emphasis on the idea of recovery and, and rest? What does that look like for you? Well, that's a very good question. I do catch myself out sometimes whereby I, I don't rest enough. And I specifically go back to the drawing board. And when we lack on a particular area in our life, there needs to be, like I said earlier, awareness and then the responsibility to be able to focus on that. So if I'm, for example, struggling with my sleep, I will make sure that within the next couple of weeks, I will focus to be in bed at a certain time and also during my day and also it's so important to have a focus in career wise and we would we do say this a lot whereby um an individual focuses so much in building a career that he sort of forgets other important factors of their life and i've done that myself many many times where i've caught myself out with saying okay trev you haven't slept for the last three days and you slept maybe eight nine hours within three days okay Let's go back to the drawing board. Let's structure the, the day out and let's allocate time for specific tasks. Mm. And do you have 
like an exercise that you use when you're doing that check? Or do you have triggers that you use or people even that help anchor you and give you that reminder, hey, Trev, you're, you're overdoing it? Well, funny enough, I do have clients that actually highlight the fact that I my sort of um, attitude, charisma sort of changes when it, when it happens. So I get highlighted constantly. I have a very good relationship with my clients whereby it's more of a friendship than a business relationship. So I will, I will happily take the advice in that sense. So at the same time, I'm learning, but also they're learning. And that's the most important thing I have, particularly with my clients. I, I, I suppose it's a hard one because we need to leave our ego on the, on the side at times where if one of your clients is telling you, saying, Trev, you're snappy. Have you slept well? It sort of puts you back into your right place and your ego, your pride is sort of wounded. But it's it's up to being responsible and, and I suppose um, honest with yourself and say, yeah, actually, I haven't slept well in the last couple of days. And that sort of is what it works for me. I have so, Back to the drawing board. Okay, Trevor, you need to set up your days. Let's see how you work and put your phone down at a particular time and get that resting. But yes, I, absolutely. I think it's my clients. And then I have my own structure. And like I said earlier, you go into a drawing board again. Mm. And do you have like people in your immediate sort of circle that also give you these hints and reminders, you know, mm, Trev, you're, you're overdoing it. You might need to rest. Well, funny enough, it's when I'm sort of... Uh, out of touch with a particular friends. Yeah, I've got very good friends who are older than me, very wise, uh, wiser than I am in their 60s, 70s. And they will give me, oh, I haven't heard from you in the last couple of days. What's going on? So I think everyone needs a sort of a support network there. Mm. And this goes back to the idea of, of, of growth and not having a fixed mindset. Where you mentioned being open to feedback, I think is such an important thing, especially as someone who is so interested in continuously learning and, and growing. And I think it's very interesting that you are open to receiving that feedback from the very people that you're trying to, to help, which uh, is very, is very interesting. I think it's a very curious uh, trait, not something a lot of, a lot of coaches would actually do. I think for a lot of people, they may be of the mindset or attitude that, you know, um, they are the ones who hold the, the, the keys. And so they are there to kind of, um, they're there to spread the information, not necessarily learn and grow with clients. Yeah, which I find quite interesting because I do believe that we all learn. I learn in every coaching session that I have, that I deliver. I learn absolutely. And sometimes I need to write my things down because I think, oh, that was interesting. What, what he said or what she said uh, or how we got to this particular point. So it's so important for me, for them to learn as, as much as I do. And it's, it's, it's important. Uh, at the end of the day, we're doing a coaching session or a PT session, or any sort of session, the conversation. We need to be willing to learn from it. If we go in in any sort of um, challenge with the hope of learning, we are definitely stepping into the challenge in a positive way. And we possibly without fear at times. Mm. Yeah. I think that also leads on to a really interesting trait that I find about you in particular, which I think sets you apart. And I would love your input on this. Um, but 
I think one of the things that really sets you apart as, as, as a coach and a trainer is the level of commitment that you bring to the table, which I think is quite, is quite unique. Um, and one of the examples would be your commitment to physically being present whenever you can be, which I think is, is very impressive. And, and one of the things that have really struck me about working with you, it's your willingness to actually go the extra mile to be there in person to support people, even if that means taking you know flights during a global pandemic uh, at like a few days notice, which I think has been a very, very, um, a very, very interesting characteristic that you bring to the table. And I'd love to understand where that commitment comes from. Is that something that you developed consciously? Is it because you care so much? Let's unpack that a little bit. Well, interesting. I I do think that time is important. Time is something that we give away and we're never going to get back. And that's a reality. So in order for me to give that time is because I feel like someone else is going to benefit from my time. Okay. So the level of commitment that you speak about is one that sh- we should have for everyone in society. We should have some sort of commitment to our neighbors, if we want to call it that way. And that's very important. For me, catching a flight to see clients elsewhere on a moment's notice, but yeah, it might be a two days of, of work and struggle and tiredness and a lot of input. But for them, it might be life-changing. And that is my, that is my focus. That is what gets me up in the morning. Um, I remember hearing or reading, actually, um, a comment made. If you wake up in the morning um, hoping to uh, earn money and thinking about currency, your goal in the morning will always, every morning will be the same. If you wake up every morning with the hope of helping someone else, every day your challenge will be different. And that is what keeps me going. And that's the level of my commitment. My commitment might be an hour, might be half an hour, might be one o'clock in the morning, might be two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I might lose an hour sleep, which I'll eventually gain. But that moment there, I am helping someone to be better version of themselves. And that's important to me. Mm. I think that speaks to your sense of purpose in life. Mm. And what I'd love to get into next is how you help clients to find their purpose because as i understand having purpose is something that really falls in line with that idea of structure if you have a purpose if you know where you're going then you can build that structure but if there is no sense of where you're going then the structure is kind of meaningless you can get up you know at 7 a.m every day to read but why are you reading you know it's all so i believe it's all about um exposure we all have something in life that innately is interesting to us. Whether we've come across it or not before, it's up to us to find it. So what I particular, particularly um, often deliver is exposure. Exposure to certain elements of life that some people are not used to. I'll tell you a story. I was once dealing with a 14, 15-year-old kid. He was completely lost, drugs, petty crimes and I took him under my wing as a sort of um, a charity coaching and I started to expose him to particular elements of life such as reading such as bike riding such as sports literally I know that this kid was, this kid was naturally gifted with playing tennis and 
we were having a conversation with one of the tennis coaches and I said to him, listen, I've got this kid. Do you mind if I bring him down to the tennis courts? So I'll bring him along. So we did. When he got there, he fooled around, he played around a few times and then he started batting or hitting the ball. And the, the, the actual coach comes up to me and says, how long has he been playing tennis for? I said, oh, well, this is the first time. Well, I'm lucky to say that this kid became number one seed in Gibraltar after three or four years. And it was all purely through exposure. His life changed completely because of one exposure, one thing. And I do believe that everyone has this. The purpose in life is something that you create, but that you need to have an awareness. This is why I constantly use uh, the, uh, the sort of words, awareness, responsibility, intention. All these are drivers for you to achieve a particular goal and to find your purpose. Wow. And is that the, if you had to sum up what the impact you'd like to have on your clients is, would you say it's to help them find their purpose or what, what is, what is your idea of the mark that you'd like to leave in someone's life? Well, that question comes with a twofold sort of answer. Everyone comes to me when it comes to a coaching session with some goal they want to overcome or some issue, what some obstacle they want to jump over. I like to believe what I do is I like to identify people with potential. For me, it's unlocking potential. I see a potential that is being restricted through obstacles, through mindset, through physical composition. And I like to be able to make them see what I see and see the potential. So people don't come to me with particular goals. They come with issues most of the time. So, well, Trev, I've, I've gained 30 kilos. And you say, okay, obviously that comes because of a bad diet, lack of exercise. I want to know what triggered the episode. I want to find out what triggered the episode so we can go back, work on that too, whilst we're still working physically and in, on your diet. So it's sort of a, a mountain that we work. So it's a peak. We come down the mountain, we go up again. We come down the mountain, we go up. And that's sort of the philosophy I use when it comes to, to what I deliver. Yeah. Mm, and, you know, like they say, success is never a linear progression. It's got many uh, hurdles. It looks more like a scribbly line if you try to actually draw it. Yeah. Um, and one thing I'm really curious about is how you mentioned you 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 want to help clients to see the potential that you see in them how would someone know if they are at their full potential in life or that they have more to give what is what is the thought process that you use to try and determine that well i don't think that we have a full potential to achieve because that would would essentially imply that we have a limit and we don't um we actually don't it's like I said earlier, I feel through health, healthy lifestyle, which is your sleep, your diet, and your exercise, you can put yourself in a position where you can do whatever you choose to. Through also the awareness of finding your interest. I, I do talk a lot with, with clients that have been in the same job for 20 years, and they've been hating the same job for 20 years. And I occasionally say, well, let's talk about this. Why do you stick with it? Well, there's nothing else for me out there. I'm too old for a change of career. And what we find is people don't lack. People are not lazy. People lack motivation. 
And that's what we need to work on, the motivation. Their motivation to, to believe in themselves that they can achieve whatever they like and they can change their lives at any moment. Today, now, as we speak, we can have a conversation and change now. And like um, Matthew McConnelly says, do not leave crumbs. Make sure that you're focusing on everything and closing books on everything that doesn't suit you right. It's a, it's a process of elimination. Eliminate things that don't make you happy and eventually you'll hone into something that, you, that is meant for you. Mm. Wow. And, you know, one thing you mentioned there was how a lot of people can get stuck in this pattern. You know, mm. they are in a job they hate for 20 years. They may be in a relationship that's unfulfilling to them. They may not be very happy with where they are at in life. And I know you mentioned that a big part of what you do is helping to instill a sense of structure in our life. But I think in those cases, these, these, un unfortunately, a lot of these people do have a structure. It just might not be the right one. It's not working for them. And I think it takes a lot of self-awareness to be able to tell when your structure is not working. And that's something I'm really interested in learning more about. How, how can people know or, or become aware of when a structure isn't working? In, in my case, for example, I have a tendency to get very hyper-focused and almost get stuck in the hamster wheel, so to speak. So mm -hmm. what, is, what are the, some of the, the, the techniques or tools or insights we can use to try and help um, realize when that's happening? First of all, you need to, how do you feel? It's all about feeling. And you know your body. How does it sit? This um, gut feeling sort of people ignore the gut feeling. That's so important to intuitively, we need to consider that gut feeling as a premonition, I would like to say. Why? Because it's telling us something. And and I speak to clients at times and they say, well, you know, Trev, like I've been in this job, but how long has it been sitting unwell for? Well, a good 15 years. Why haven't you chosen to do something about it? Why didn't you choose to do something about it? Or oh, I can't be bothered. It's again, it's for me, as, as, as a coach, performance coach, in order for them to be able to jump onto the other side and say, oh, okay, I've got a chance to do something else, there needs to be uh, an application of, of, of the GROW model, for example. The GROW model, which is your goal, your reality, your, your options, and then your will to be able to change it. So it's an application. It's a format. You have a goal, which is, I don't want to be in this particular job. You have the reality. What is the reality of, of what's happening? What is it you've done to change that? Then you have the options. Okay, what options do we have in the sense that we can tackle? Then choose one option. And then say, what will, what other obstacles are we going to encounter in the future for us to get to a particular goal? Again, it boils out, I repeat myself a lot, but it's all about structure. It's all about awareness, responsibility, and intention. And having a particular, and like you said earlier, there's people that don't have a goal. Well, they don't have a goal is because they haven't been exposed to that. Or they haven't worked hard enough to understand it. You need to sit back, take time, and think, what is it I enjoy? What is it that I enjoy? How, what is it that's going to give me the motivation to wake up every morning and want to be the better or be a better version of myself? There's a lot of thought process that it doesn't just happen overnight. There's a commitment to the thought. 
to the, the to, to sort of the understanding that you're not in a good place, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a business, whether it's a family a relationship, family relationship. There needs to be a thought process where you sit down and say, well, this is not serving me anymore. What can I do to change? And who can I approach for help? Mm, yeah. And I think as part of that thought process as well, something that comes to mind for me, which I find really helpful, is the idea of visualization and mm. relying on our intuition. Because I think if you haven't, if you have a goal in life and you haven't premeditated that in some way, it's almost like trying to find your way to a different country without a map. How do you know where you're going? And I'm curious if you use any visualization tools or if you rely on that sort of thing in your own life or when you work with, with clients. Well, I use, funny enough, and I was actually having a conversation yesterday about this, I use the power, the power of attraction mm. completely. And I... Personally, I do think it works. Works for me. I think about myself doing a particular task or being in a particular place. And that sort of um, works as a goal. So it gives me the motivation to continue to read, continue to learn, continue to help others. Um, yeah, it, for me, it personally, it does work. The visualization um, sort of concept where you visualize the particular goal as when you're training, you visualize yourself doing a bench press and you say, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then it happens, it's a sense of achievement. And every sort of step should be um, celebrated as an achievement. That's an, another one that people don't. Pat yourself on the back. You did well, you've got to that step. Okay, now let's prepare for the next step. And then let's prepare for the next step. And celebrate every step that you take. Make sure you're enjoying the process. Because the goal might be there and the goal might change sometimes. Because on the way out to your goal, on that process, on that journey, you figure something else out. And that's okay too. Um, we don't have to necessarily fixate on one particular thing. Oh, I want to be such and such. I want to be, okay, so through the journey you might say, oh, listen, I've just been exposed to this. And this has taken my breath. I want to learn more about this. Yes, that's okay deviate but have a challenge have a vision have an understanding of, of of challenge which is important that enduring discomfort and, and you and i have talked about this before discomfort where it sits um in our lifestyle and and that's important it's important to understand this that not all everything is easy and if it's easy it's probably not you're not getting anything from it Absolutely. I think a lot of people want that quick win in life. And mm. in life, really, I I don't believe that happiness comes from those quick wins. It's it's from yeah. doing the work that it might be tough, but it's towards something that you know is important. It gives you a sense of fulfillment as well, which is in itself one of the most powerful forms of happiness. I was reading earlier that there are different kinds of happiness. There's the short-term gratification that you have when you have a bite of that dairy milk chocolate bar, but there's also other more enduring, sustaining forms of happiness. And I think working towards those is, you know, much more, much more powerful. And I think that's, that's really interesting. You know, as part of this whole, this whole discussion and, 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 you know, this journey that people go on to achieve these, these, these goals, I think part of, part of that also really 
makes it clear that the way that you are able to motivate yourself is very important. You mentioned, you know, it's very important that people pat themselves on the back, that they almost relish the good things, that they congratulate themselves, they celebrate the wins. And that's something personally that I struggle with a lot. And I tend to be quite <laughs> self-critical. And I'm really curious to understand what your own self-talk looks like. What does your self-motivation look like? Oof. My motivation is people. My motivation is that regardless where I am in my life, at what day, at what time, how I feel on a particular day, I know the way I act. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, will eventually help someone else. And that is my motivation. Sometimes I do wake up on the wrong side of the bed, like everyone does, I suppose. But I say to myself, I put my feet on the ground and I say to myself, okay, we're going to make changes today. This is going to happen. And also, something I haven't mentioned yet, I believe in God, which is very, very important to me. I believe that he gives us the power to be able to do everything. He gives us the insight, but the actions come from us which is very, very important. He will give you some willpower. He'll give you some sort of strength, but it's up to us to, to sort of materialize that, that sort of power, if you want to call it. Um, but motiv my motivational talk is constant. Okay, you might be having a bad day, but we got, a, we got this. We got this. You're yeah. lucky. We are blessed to be able to do what we do. Absolutely. I think part of that self-talk, I think something you're alluding to as well is... <clears throat> this element of, of gratitude and something that I've trying to be trying to incorporate in my own life lately is a more disciplined practice around, around gratitude. And it seems like one of those things that's drilled into us from a very early age, or oh, you should be grateful for having food on your plate because there are people in other parts of the world that don't have food and they're starving right now. And it's a very, almost a cliche sentiment, but now I'm really starting to understand not just you know, the spiritual benefits to something like that, but also the biological benefits, which are really interesting because it turns out you actually can't be both stressed and grateful at the same time. It's, it's impossible. There's nervous system doesn't work like that. It's almost like trying to, you know, turn your foot one way while turning the other foot the other way. It's like, you, you can't do the same thing. Right. Um, and I'm curious if you have any regular practices that you use, whether it's something like journaling or uh, prayer meditation that you use on, you know, within that structure of yours or something that you encourage your clients to do to help bake in this practice of, of, of being grateful? Well, well, I, first of all, I do do journaling um, and I do it every morning, which is very important. And I'm very grateful that I write my, my thoughts, my thoughts, my original thoughts in the morning, but I use the acronym TIME which is thankfulness, insight, meditation, and exercise. Applying those uh, facts in life, I think it's very important. Be thankful to have the opportunity to do what you're going to do today. And sort of with, with that same concept of being thankful, it should allow you to recognize or identify whether you're happy with what you're doing today. Because naturally, if you're not, you won't be thankful. You'll be questioning it. So if one morning you wake up and say, I'm thankful for everything I'm going to do today, it's because instinctively you're happy with what's happening in your life. And that's very, very important. Um, and we need to work towards that. 
So I use, like I said, thankfulness, meditation. Where I do have about 10 minutes of myself thinking about my day in, in the morning and in the evening. Um, and I also self-identification sort of thing. Identify when you messed up during your day. Because if you identify it and you expose it to yourself, I can assure you next time around, you'll try to make it better. And that's important too. Hmm. That last one is a very interesting practice. I remember reading something about that in a very <laughs> famous book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. <laughs> yes. And he mentioned, I can't remember the exact context, but he mentioned that there was a friend of his that used to write down every blunder of his in a notebook. And at the end of a couple of years, it was full of just mistakes he had, but he, you know, he attributed to his biggest growth in life to being able to look at that and say, okay, I'm actually going to try and, and work on this and work on that and work on the other, um, which I, I think is, is such a helpful, helpful thing to do. It's tough though. It's tough because it requires having the discipline to actually do it and then actually act on it as well, which I think is something you're very good at helping people do. So you know, one thing I'm really curious about, and I know this is slightly off tangent, but I think it ties into this idea of motivation and self-talk is some of your history in competing in fitness competitions, because mm. I, I, you know, I can't imagine how difficult these must be, right? Things like Ironmans and, and CrossFit and whatnot. And I would love to understand both what it takes and kind of how you talk to yourself during moments of intense discomfort and, and pain? What, what are the, some of the things that are running through your mind when you're in so much pain and you've just got to keep pushing? What does that look like? Well, I suppose it's, it's funny that you mentioned this because I think it comes, it's something that is very cultural, in, like from where I am, from Gibraltar. Um, I think we've, uh, we've been brought up, or at least I've been brought up in a, in a culture where everything is a struggle. So um, trying to achieve and overcome barriers within me has been sort of a life purpose, believe it or not, where I felt like I've always fallen short of my particular goal when actually I have achieved it, but internally I feel I could have done so much better. I could have done so much better. So that sort of self-motivation is what I believe that takes me forward. So every time I'm in there where I've been in an Ironman and I've been in an hour five of breaking and I thought to myself, well, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to sit down sort of thing. I keep on thinking to myself, no, you've worked really hard. I start think, picturing the process, how much time I had put into this. And was I going to give up on the last hurdle? That wouldn't be fair to me or to my challenge. So that's sort of the motivation I've used. And I use this and I, and I go back to sort of my story when I, at the age of 32, I, I, I thought to myself, well, you, you've never really read a book. Now I've, I can say I've read, at 37, I've read over 200 books because I wanted that discomfort. I wanted that challenge. And at times I've woken up on Sundays, Mondays, things like, oh, really don't fancy reading. But I've said, no, because you know that if you read, you're going to get better at it. And that's the most beautiful thing that we have. The more we work on something, the better we will be. And that's in every sort of field, whether it's academ academia, whether it's your fitness, anything that you place focus, commitment, you will be better at it, regardless of, of what it is. 
And that's sort of the motivation I think comes from it too. Mm, yeah. And I think going back to your example of, of reading, something really interesting that I learned about this morning as well is just how much we can get from books. And something that I wasn't aware of was just how information dense books actually are. I was listening to an audiobook this morning, actually, funnily enough, and the author was describing just how much information there is in, in books and comparing this to other sources of information like blogs and articles and whatnot. He was trying to argue that books are the most information dense uh, resources that there are. And he said that, you know, when I write a blog post, I may spend about three days on it, right? You know, a couple, a, a day researching and a day writing with some editing. When I write a longer form magazine article, that might be about a month or so of work. Um, and that'll take you about 20 minutes to read through. And then he said, but when I read, when I write a book, that might take you four to five hours, but that is maybe 10 to 15 years of my life, like condensed. And if you think about it, that is just so much learning opportunity that we have access to. And it's, it, it really highlighted to me the importance of making sure that we're continuously learning, that we're seeking out the sort of most, almost the most nutrient dense sources of, uh, of, of information there are, because that's so important. And I think that's, that's really interesting that you, that you mentioned that as well. Um, I, I think it's, um, the, the whole idea of the book for me particularly is I could be anywhere when I'm reading. And that's, that's something I, I had never experienced before because I had never read a book. So the moment I, I read my first book, I thought to myself, wow, because I was in the present in the moment, I was sort of fantasizing on what I was reading. So there was this overwhelming feeling of, oh, look at this. I've never done this before. I want more of this. And I am now, particularly I spend maybe what two or three hours a day, particularly reading any sort of books, um, specifically to learn, specifically to have that feeling again. And it does come back and, and again, and with every book. You know, I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball here, you know, uh, sort of taking, taking from your earlier story. We've spoken a lot about what it takes to be a high performer, what it takes to implement things like recovery, structure, goal setting and goal pursuit. But I'm curious now, what do you do for fun? Honestly, I... First of all, I enjoy dancing. And I think we've spoken about this before. It's something that I enjoy. Right now we can't, but it's something I enjoy. I enjoy concerts. And coming back to what I said earlier, my hobby now, my my passion right now is my reading. It's something that I really enjoy. It, like I said earlier, it takes me to a different place. And that sort of is my fun right now. Obviously because of the pandemic and traveling. I do love my travels everywhere. And what are you reading? Do you have any recommendations specifically that you'd like to give? Well, right now I'm reading a few books, actually. Funny enough, I'm reading um, a performance coaching from uh, Sir John Whitmore, which is quite interesting. It's got a lot of techniques there. Coactive coaching as well. That's another one I'm reading, which helps me with my work. But the one that I find it, I'm finding quite interesting is The Madness of the Crowds, which is Douglas Murray. Um, talk about uh, religion and discrimination and other forms of uh, so society in itself. 
Mm, wow. Um, so, all right, we're, we're kind of we're, we're coming up to the end of the end of the hour here, and it's been a really really interesting conversation. Yeah, Just getting to good. know you a bit more and trying to unpack some of your beliefs around what it means to live a good life, and I think that's been really interesting. I think before we wrap up, I'd love to borrow a question from another interview that's uh, another interviewer that I'm quite a fan of, um, Tim Ferriss, and he likes to ask people, "What advice would you have?" Or rather, let me reframe this. If you could put up a billboard that would speak to people who are feeling quite stuck in life, what would that billboard say and why? I would probably, it'll be exposure. Put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because we tend to do the same thing again and again and again every day. Expose yourself to different elements of life, different opportunities, different feelings emotionally. It's important to put ourselves, start enjoying the whole capacity of life and not just what we are used to on a daily basis. Wake up at nine, go to work, five o'clock, family, sofa, bed. People tend to fall into that routine without essentially exposing themselves to other elements, to other opportunities in life and never stop learning and approach every difficult new situation with the mantra, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. Mm. Okay, so that's more like three billboards, but we'll take it, we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Trevor, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to have this conversation with you and to unpack your story a little bit more. Um, before before we go, is there anything that you'd like to um, like to, to let the viewers know? Where can they find you or learn more about your work if they're interested in getting in touch? Well, um, it's been a pleasure to be. Thank you very much for, for the time. And we are currently working on a website. So once that's uh, up and running, it'll be in my LinkedIn, Trevor Rocker, a LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, there you have it, everyone. Um, it turns out that to live a good life, you need some structure, discipline. You need to recover. You need to learn and expose yourself. And I'm probably missing out a couple as well, but we have the entire podcast to go back through and listen to. So thank you very much, everyone. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the show. In Your Element is proudly brought to you by a single dude from his London apartment. This show does not have social media. I'm not going to ask that you leave a rating or a follow. Instead, I'd love to see you coming back just because you're seeking something different, are genuinely curious, and are looking for ways to really find and live in your element, just as I am. As always, keep being you. Keep crushing life and keep finding your element. I'll see you in the next one.